Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn. We are continuing our conversation with author Kay Whitaker. She's got a wonderful book called Flourish Because. It's a memoir of her life, and uh, it's just raw. It's real. Um, The subtitle is An Inspiring True Story of Dashed Hopes, Faith Restored, and Dreams Fulfilled. And uh, Kay shares about uh, going through... uh, some divorces and just uh, infidelity. And then uh, today we're going to talk about uh, losing a precious son with some mental health challenges uh, by suicide. And uh, just uh, know that you'll be touched by this wonderful woman of God that has kept her faith through the mountaintops, but through a lot of deep, deep valleys. And Kay, thanks for joining us again from Plano, Texas. And one of the things I love that you talk about in your book that sometimes, because uh, we don't want to step on people's toes in the church, is uh, talk about the importance of uh, our choices. Well, I think the choices um, that we make determine your satisfaction in life. And um, you've always heard the word, uh, God is in control. Well, I don't, I don't really believe God is in total control. Because we have, he has given man a free will, and we have choices that are presented to us daily, hourly, and we can go one way or the other way. And depending on um, why and what, what kind of circumstance are we in, that we make certain choices determines how, how happy we are with our life. And um, I've gone through phases in my life where I um, made bad choices. And sometimes you don't know, did I make that bad choice because maybe I needed more counseling or I was messing up, I was codependent or I was this or I was that. And um, so what happened in my life, um, I got so miserable in marriage number two, I was so miserable that I finally, and I decided I'm going to get help. I'm going to go to Al-Anon, I'm going to go to counseling, I'm going to become what I'm, I'm going to become a different person. And, um, and I did. I decided to turn my life around as far as in that marriage and not be the doormat and, and stand up for myself and not, you know, do everything that I was told. And, um, and as a result of that, he made the choice to have an affair and leave because I wasn't the same person that I had been, you know, in our marriage when I started getting my counseling and going to Al-Anon. And that's a whole big story right there. And, of course, eventually that marriage ended up in divorce. And then I made choices. Um, you know, I made, like, a, this is another example. I, I kind of, after that divorce was over, and I, that was my second, and I was always involved in Christian men and Christian church stuff. And then I thought, well, you know, by golly, I'm going to choose to just go out and have fun. I don't even care if the guy doesn't go to church. I'm just going to go out and have fun. Well, I married number three as kind of a, um, a, you know, a boomerang. I just was like, I'm going to do something different. This isn't working. I want to do something different. And um, after eight years, that one blew up in my face. And um, and so I just finally realized, you know, Lord, I've got to be more careful with my choices. I need to slow down. I need to just take it easy. And so I went through a real deep period of reflection on me and, uh, and counseling again. I was in counseling again. And um, and then when I was dating my my husband ML, um, he I, I told him one time I said you know I don't when we just just started dating, I said I don't really trust myself you know I don't know if this is 
for real? And he said, well, don't don't worry about your little picker, you know, the, th- the thing you used to pick me in. He said, I'm picking you. You're not picking me. I'm picking you. And I was just like, oh, that was the sweetest thing any guy had ever said to me. And um, it just gave me a comfort. And he, he's been a wonder. We've been married 17 years, and he's just a wonderful, wonderful, sweet man. And I, the, one of the, he told me the other day, we were talking about what's your greatest sadness. And I said, well, my greatest sadness is losing my son James, you know, James, to mental health. And, and I looked at him, and he'd never, we'd never really talked about it. And I looked at him, and I said, what is your greatest sadness? And he had a pretty wild life before he met me. And he looked at me, and he said, it's not meeting you sooner. And I was like, oh, it made me cry. It was so sweet. Well, I love how God, you know, you talk about in your book how God restores what the locust eats, right? Exactly right. You bet he does. Double. Yep, there you go. Absolutely. Okay, you just kind of touched on it briefly, and you talk about it in your book, and one of the reasons why we started Hope Is Here Ministry six years ago after I lost three friends in a little over a year's time uh, oh, to, wow. de- to death by suicide, and then my own experience 20 years earlier at a multimillion-dollar company, and then a flood came, and I went from getting ready to be a multimillionaire to being $2 million in debt, wound up having oh. to file bankruptcy, lost my home, and my wife left me for an old high school boyfriend, and so I had suicidal oh. thoughts, so that's the foundation for why we started this ministry six years ago, and Unfortunately, uh, you've got to walk on that journey with a precious son. Talk to us about that. Oh, man. Well, um, James just started having trouble when he was about 16. But back up from the time he was born till he was 16, this kid is the, was the life of the party, tremendously talented musician. Um, he, In fact, he's so talented. One day I came home. He was about, he was about 16 when this happened, too. I came home from work as a nurse, and I walk in, and I hear somebody playing the piano. Now, he and I were the only ones in the house at this time because all his siblings were in college and gone. And um, I hear there's somebody playing the piano, and I went in there, and that's James, just banging away and playing these beautiful, just not songs, just melodies, you know, that he was playing the piano. And I just looked, and I was like, James, what are you doing? He goes, Oh, I just thought I'd start playing the piano. Well, mind you, I've been taking piano lessons pretty much most half third of my life and playing the piano. And I looked at him and I said, well, do you want me to get you some lessons or something? And then I thought, why did I even say that? And he said, no, Mom, I think I'm doing okay. Well, this kid ended up working at Pete's Dueling Piano Bar. And this, this was unbeknownst to me when he was going through some um, mental issues when he was living, not living with me anymore. He was like in his 20s early 20s, and um, he ended up, one incident he had, he had a, 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 where he tried to slit his throat, but he didn't, and he ended up in a psych hospital. That's the first time that any of us in the family were like, what is going on with him? And we all thought he was on drugs. And uh, then he had another incident in Fort downtown Fort Worth. It was the biggie, and it was he was naked on a billboard, downtown Fort Worth, or um, just right outside of downtown Fort Worth, and that was the most traumatic, most traumatic event. Then he ended up in a psych hospital, and then five months after that, we thought he was getting better, and we like to say that he accidentally, because he accidentally killed himself, because he had had two instances before where we thought he was going to kill himself, but he didn't. But he got he got help, you know, physical help and everything. And then when he, um, and then we on that billboard, that was 
that was the biggest wake-up call. We thought, man, really, something is wrong with him. And it was almost demonic um, the way that happened. And so when, when I heard about what he did and how he killed himself, I thought that had to be the devil talking to him because he heard voices. And I think that he was hearing voices that last night that he was alive. And he stabbed himself in the heart three times. And there, you know, and there was hardly any bleeding coming out. And his friends took him to the hospital, and he died on the operating table. And when I talked to the doctor on the phone, he said that that he did everything he could, but he was bleeding so badly internally that he couldn't he couldn't stop him from passing away. And I, so because James, before he went into the operating room, he told the doctor he told his friends that had taken brought him to the Baylor Hospital. He said, "Hey, you guys, wait for me. I'll be back," because he thought maybe they could help him. And I don't think he realized how bad his, he damaged his heart, but it was the thing that, you know, that ultimately killed him was the bleeding. Well, what would you say uh, to that parent that this holiday season, I'm sure you remember your first Christmas without your precious son, James. What would you say to uh, that family member that uh, this would be their first Christmas without uh, a loved one, and especially if they lost him, unfortunately, you know, by suicide? Yeah, um, well, what I would say is um, just be there for one another. And like our first holiday, it was a combination of my sister, her kids, my brother, his kids, my parents, and me. And we all just cried because he was always the one that would sing and play the music and entertain everybody. And we, we just all cried together. When we got in a big circle, we ended up just hugging one another and crying and talking about it. And um, And then, you know... The other healing thing for us was reminding each other what all James had done. You know, the fun that he had created, the this or the that. Everybody had to have a story. And share a story about your love for that person and what that person meant to you, what that person did for you. And, and just let everybody grieve in their own way. You know, there's so many ways to grieve. And then there's a lot of people who don't want to grieve, and so they choose not to talk. They choose not to um, to really share their deep feelings. And we had some of those in our family, and you just have to, you know, just be open and let them walk that path because they're going to they'll deal with it eventually, you know. And um, anyway, so just let, her, let everybody be who they are and accept one another and realize how grieving it is that first Christmas without the ones that you love. It's very difficult. Just tune in. We're talking with author Kay Whitaker of a wonderful book called Flourish Because. Um, Kay, what, uh, just got a couple minutes left. What are a couple of key takeaway messages from, from your book? Um, key messages. First of all, that always, always, always know that He is with you. I don't care where you are spiritually or physically or mentally, He is with you. And never lose lose fact that you can just turn and you can say, Hey, Father, or you can say, Hey, Jesus, because Jesus sees you and He knows you. And that's just something to never let anything that you're going through in life, don't ever let anything cause you to forget that fact. You have to write it, write it on a billboard, you know, just to remind you. And then um, another thing is uh, the Word of God is your only hope for sanity. The Word of God is the foundation for your faith. 
and it's the thing that as you grow in the Word of God and His Word lives in your heart and in your meditations, um, every day is going to be a new day, and there's going to be light, and there's going to be brightness in your life, and, and not the gloom and the darkness that Satan wants us to have. And uh, so His Word is secondly important, knowing that He's there. Second is His Word, communicating with Him, and then just be who He made you. Just be. Just be who He made you, and you are in Christ in every situation, and know who you are in Him. Great wisdom there from Kay Whitaker, author of Flourish Because, and uh, love this book. At the beginning of each chapter, she has a couple of uh, scriptures and uh, just a great way to stay in God's Word during this holiday season. Kay, if uh, people want to get a copy of this wonderful book, uh, what what's some ways that they can do that? Well, we are available um, at Barnes & Noble uh, website, Amazon website, and on my um, my website, it's Flourish because.com and they can find it there all right well Kay, we really appreciate you being on hope is here it's been a real blessing your books just uh it's raw it's real and uh talks about you know walking through the valley but you show how god was with you all the way thank you so much for writing such a personal real faith-filled book we appreciate it well thank you so much greg i've ter- thoroughly enjoyed talking to you well, I hope you'll get a copy of this book. I know I was blessed by it. If you know somebody that's been through divorce or lost a, a loved one uh, because of mental health challenges and suicide, I hope you'll get a copy of this book. I want to encourage you to go check out her website, flourishbecause.com. That's flourishbecause.com. You can find out more about Kay and uh, also an easy way to get a copy of that book. But it's also available, she said, at Amazon and uh, Barnes & Noble. So make sure you get a copy of the book, Flourish Because by Kay Whitaker. For Kay Whitaker, I'm Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today.